This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 108 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, the World Series of Trading is coming to Bybit. They do this every year. Uh, they did this in June last year. We kind of missed out on it because I was just getting on board back then. But we will be taking advantage of it this year. Uh, early word is it's going to be in August. And I will have a lot more information coming for you as the weeks go on. Now, what's interesting about my traders is we don't really participate in contests. <laughs> we tried doing smaller versions of this early and they just don't take, uh, which honestly does make me a proud papa in a lot of ways. You know, we just aren't really built for contests, but that doesn't still mean they're not there. And that doesn't mean the prize pools are not 8 million USDT, which they are. And they're also having things called lucky draws, which anyone who's trading can be eligible for Rolex giveaways, an actual Lamborghini giveaway. Like these guys don't mess around. I will have much more details for you as the weeks progress. But you must be registered first, so go down below and click the link in the show notes. That will take you to the blog, tells you everything you need to know. Get on my team, get to know the platform, and get ready because membership might just have its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and on Thursday, I wrote a very important blog. If you have not seen it, I'll make it easy for you, and I will link it down below in the show notes because I want everybody to see this. It is a chart. It's not a price chart. It is an interest rates chart showing what the Fed has done in the United States throughout the last 80 years. Very simple. Just tells you what the interest rate was and charts it out. But what's very interesting is they also take the certain periods of time where we had recessions and they shade those in gray. So you can see exactly what interest rates were doing right before a recession occurred. Now, ever since the early late 70s, early 80s, which most of you weren't even around at that time. You know, at that time, it's not like I was there and watching it. I was very young, but inflation was going out of control. Uh, we had to do some pretty crazy things to get it down, and then it finally subsided. Ever since then, however, we have done things the exact same way. Interest rates will go up, peak, flatten, go down, and then soon after they start going down is when a recession actually occurs. I tweeted this chart out right before the 2020 COVID crash, which has gone on record as the shortest recession we've ever had, but still counts as a recession nonetheless. And I said, hey guys, just so you know, we are right here in the cycle. And then soon after, things crashed. Now, it's almost like they knew, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but if things stay true to form, um, we still have a bit of time to go before this happens because things have already spiked up in terms of interest rates, but inflation has started to go down. And I think Chairman Powell realizes, and I will give him credit, he's done a very good job of filtering out all the noise coming in from other people. But I think he realizes that he may have to rise again if inflation does come back up. And he understands that this could happen. So many people are like, oh, it's going back down now, everything's fine. It's down only when it comes to inflation. I don't think Powell believes that. And so I think now we are going to be in a flattening pattern as we take more of a wait-and-see approach. And in the meantime, uh, things look rather strong in the market. 
I mean, do we have a laundry list of things that could make this entire market collapse on itself? Of course we do, and we'll talk more about that later in the show. But a lot of things like equities and like crypto has been going up recently, and it has many people thinking we are in a legitimate bull cycle. And the big question is, are we? Or is this more irrational exuberance? Now, I've been very good, especially in the crypto market, at calling out these bear flags or these bullish retracements that only end up in more downward price action down the road. Now, this one has been very different than the ones before it. It really did a good job knocking out a lot of those content creators in the crypto space that said, yeah, I can really see Bitcoin going down to the 10,000 mark and blah, you know, whatever crap they say, as if they can actually call the moment where everything's going to turn around ahead of time. These people are such hacks. Um, But those same people now are all saying, yeah, I think we did see the bottom of Bitcoin at 16,500. And they could certainly be right. Uh, I think there's a lot of tailwinds, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, But this last run-up, like we spoke about on this show two weeks ago, was due to the Bitcoin ETF filing by BlackRock. The run-up was strong. Uh, It did not affect every crypto out there. Certainly affected Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Ethereum came along for the ride, uh, and a few others. Um, Interesting enough, some tokens that I'm really excited about, like Matic, did almost nothing. Yeah, that's pretty juicy. Uh, But the thought of real gateway for institutional investors in the United States to come into the crypto market, especially Bitcoin, caused quite the run-up. Now, oddly enough, one week later, Here come all the ETF people with their predictions. And their predictions are not the same as the predictions everybody was referring to a week prior. They were saying that they think now, even with BlackRock's impeccable record of getting these things passed, that the actual chances of the SEC approving this, and remember, it's not going to be for a while, but they're putting the odds at more towards 50%. And these were the most optimistic people. Some people were saying even like a 5 to 10% chance that this thing was going to get passed on its first submission. Quite a far cry from what we saw a week before, no? Now, I have no idea if these people are going to be right. But if they are, it kind of undoes all of what I call the irrational exuberance that we saw during this run-up, no? Now, there was absolutely no other reason for people to pile into Bitcoin that much during this time. Now, this week we did see price come back down. That could be some profit taking. Um, that could be people learning what I've just told you. Uh, I kind of wish price didn't go down. It would have really added some oomph to my point here. But Bitcoin still sits at over 30000 as we speak. And if you recall, a point I made in the past is that during these retracements, during these periods of irrational exuberance, I've always said, I think people start to figure out, oh, this might be irrational exuberance. And then the smart thing for the market to do would actually be to take price higher. You have to let those people know too, no, this is actually part of a greater move up. And then, as predicted, you dump on them. Something happens. People flip out because fear is stronger than greed, and then prices go back down. And this is what I see happening in the crypto market over time, at least as the rest of this year plays out. Um, But there was also some irrational exuberance of a different kind in the equities market. Let me take you all the way back to episode 11, I think it was, uh, called Boom Bust Echo. 
It is a term I have repeated many times on this podcast. And uh, if you're unfamiliar, let me tell you what it is. It's exactly as it sounds. You get a big boom period where things go parabolic up. And if you've ever seen what a parabola looks like, uh, they go up and then they go back down almost at the same rate. That's called the bust. And then it sits there and does nothing for a while. And that's called the echo stage, where all people remember is the bust. And they think, oh, well, that, that was just a passing fad. There's tons of reasons not to buy, so they don't. And then you see price just sit there and flatline for a while. And this phenomenon happens everywhere. It's pretty much done happening in the crypto market. Now you see things inside of the crypto market where this happens all the time. You've seen it with DeFi. You've seen it with um, NFTs. You've seen it with the metaverse. All things that are going to be around for a long time. But that initial craze has subsided. Now, when it comes to equities, uh, look at tech, for example. You might think, well, no, VP tech is, is really hot, and it's been hot for a long time. But tech as we know it now primarily began with the dot-com crash, which was a boom-bust echo type of situation. And then inside of tech, over the last 20 years, we've had a number of these phenomenons play out as well. You had cloud storage. You had SPACs. You know, all these things that made the market go crazy, and then they came back down, and then it would echo out, and then in the case of cloud storage, it became a real thing, a really big thing. We've talked about that on the show as well. And in the case of SPACs, um, I hope they never come back, but they certainly might. You know, that wasn't a, an actual technological thing. That was more of a, an investment tactic. Uh, but you get the idea. These things occur all the time, over and over. And during the boom cycle part of it, Nobody realizes that this is a boom-bust echo type of situation, and there is a bust that is almost certainly going to follow. The narrative is the same every time. Wow, look at this revolutionary idea that is going to change the world, and this is just how things are going to be from now on. Now, where is this narrative happening in the tech space right now? I'm going to copy-paste what I just said and let you listen to it again. Wow, Look at this revolutionary idea that is going to change the world, and this is just how things are going to be from now on. What is going on in the tech space right now that has everybody saying this? If you said AI, you would be correct. Irrational exuberance that is responsible for pushing up the very same tech stocks that have been pushing up the entire market and keeping it on life support this entire time. But, but really not just life support. These things are such a large part of the market that it makes the S&P and especially the NASDAQ keep going up. But the S&P and the NASDAQ are not going up for any other reason. The only reason they are going up, in my view, is because of a boom-bust situation that is currently in the boom. <laughs> we all know what comes after the boom. But VP, don't you know about AI? It's this, this, yeah, it's, guy, it's the same narrative every time. Now, I'll hand it to AI. It does seem like a once-in-a-generation type thing that could really have an impact on our future, of course. But what happens when the boom stage of this is over and we enter the bust stage? Will there be something else generational coming in right after it to prop this economy up? Uh, there might have to be. Because things are getting very, very grim. Let me take you all the way back, as I often do, to the Six Crises blog. Now, as is always the case, I'm always too early, but we are getting dangerously close 
to a lot of the things I spoke about in that blog, including the two crises I added on later. So let's list them off. Energy, um, we are getting closer and closer to that. We will have another show on this very shortly. Food, we got very lucky in Europe with the hottest winter on record. You know, This whole thing is yet to play out. We did a good job of delaying it, but we did not solve it in any fashion. And then the banking crisis, uh, when I first brought it up in that blog, there was no uh, official banking crisis. We were well on the way, but nothing had fallen apart yet. Now things have... And people just assume it's over? Most people, really smart people in the banking sector, do not think it's over. And we all saw how scary that was. Credit crisis. If you've seen the numbers, especially in the United States and Canada and UK and much of Europe, when it comes to credit card debt and where it is right now, we are seeing record highs. Because even I think some people and some businesses know what's coming and they're just like, screw it. I'm going to default on all this stuff anyway. Might as well go out and buy what I want. Remember, I've said this before too. Most rich people are not actually rich. They're just over leveraged. And when the crash comes, they crash hard. And then a year or two later, when the next trendy market comes up and you see like a new crypto scam or something like that come up, it's usually those guys because they were used to being fake rich and now they're not rich anymore. Anyway, what else on the crises? Uh, Bonds. Again, I'm not a big bonds guy, but there's a lot of people out there saying that this crash, bonds are going to be the center of it, just like real estate was back in 2008. Real estate. What a mess that has turned into quickly. Depending on who you follow on YouTube, for example, you can see just how bad things are falling. Airbnb is a disaster right now. There were so many people over the last 10 years that says, yeah, I'm just going to buy this house and just run it out for an Airbnb. Like it was just So easy, like there's no downside to doing this at all. Do you guys remember that stripper in the big short that had like five properties? Now, there were a decent amount of people like her who had situations like that, but there wasn't a whole lot. But there's a lot of people, like 50, 100 times the amount of people who have a lot of properties that they're using for Airbnb and things like that. And it's a great idea until it isn't. So keep an eye on that space. Uh, escalation in the war was another one I added. Um, nothing much going on there. It's the same war that's dragged out a lot longer than people thought and still has a long way to go, in my opinion. Every time they talk about a possible peace deal, I just laugh. I don't see that as a remote possibility anytime soon. And then China was the other one. And as we've spoken about on the show before, as we predicted on this show before, this big resurgence of China is not happening even with all the bogey numbers they put out. This big influx of investment they were hoping for didn't really come, or it came and it quickly left, once they realized that China is not rebounding like they thought they would. And that entire country is on such a rotten foundation right now, it could not afford to not have a huge W there. So it could very well be down only for China going forward. Again, we're going to have entire dedicated episodes to what is going on within these six, well now eight, crises that I mentioned before, because these things are significant, and we need to see if these situations are getting better or if they're getting worse. My money is certainly on worse, but I will continue to keep you updated regardless. Now, we are a solutions-based podcast here. Um, Now, VP, you've been very good at recognizing irrational exuberance in the past. We don't know if this time you're right or wrong, but how can you recognize these patterns in the future? How can you determine what's really important and what's really not? 
Uh, well, there is no set way to do that. The best way to handle any of this is to do a lot of the things we've talked about on this show before. Stay out of the mushy middle. If you want to get right up against what's going on and trade, then trade. That's always been a really good way to go. Crypto traders are killing it. Indices traders killing it. Big shout out to you guys for making it happen. Or you can do what we do on the show. We can highlight the news events that could have future repercussions. Uh, So in other words, things to keep an eye on as things go forward. But in terms of being bullish, like a lot of these people are, and these traps that a lot of these people fall into, being able to see all of this at a distance and say, okay, yeah, that is bullish news if it actually plays out and how long will that take. You know, seeing things rationally as opposed to reacting to them the way most of these people do. Remember, most of the people you see on YouTube, on Twitter, on TikTok have a strong vested interest in seeing this thing go up. It is in their benefit because they get more subscribers when things are in a bull market, they have a product to sell, or they themselves are huge bag holders and they want to wish and cheerlead this thing into existence. They are the biggest contributors, in my opinion, to the irrational exuberance we see over and over again. And if you take a hands-off, longer-term approach, then you can ignore these people a lot easier, and you can start seeing this reoccurring phenomenon for what it is. And just like Boom Bust Echo, this is a concept that I probably should have brought up a long time ago in the very early days of the 10-Minute Contrarian podcast, so I can keep referencing it because they keep happening. But I didn't, and I'm talking about it now, so... Again, this is probably going to be one of those episodes that doesn't quite draw the numbers, uh, but an extremely important concept to think about going forward, because these moves in the grand scheme of things don't really matter. What does matter, unfortunately, is what the Fed does. And thanks to that chart on that blog, we know the behavioral patterns they have taken throughout most of our lifetimes. I think that's quite useful. So regardless of what we see from them down the road, you know, keep that in mind as well. Always keep that in mind. And as the captain of your own ship, which I hope all of you are, you know, just adjust the sails accordingly. But do not take everything you've heard today and use it as an excuse to not take action. Some people are going to hear this and think, oh, I have, God, I have 8, 12 months before I got to do anything. That is certainly not the move. Because nobody ever times these things perfectly. And as we've seen throughout the 2020s, things can come out of nowhere and wreck people overnight. And you don't want to get caught unprepared. Be prepared. Be crazy. Just make sure you're early.